Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) So, yeah, um, Mark asked me if I wanted to speak, and uh, I've never preached before, but um, I just felt that God had given me stuff to say, so here I am. Um, Yeah, let's just pray before we start. Uh, Father God, yeah, thank you that you are in everything we do. I thank you that you are near, you are here in this room today, and Lord, I just want nothing more than, uh, yeah, than your message to come out today. Yeah, help us to learn, help us to, um, yeah, help me. Lord, yeah, be with us in, in, in all we do. Um, amen. So, I grew up in the 90s mainly. Well, I was born before that, but that was my main time was in the 90s when I was growing up. And my dad was a missionary working for the London City Mission. And one of the things that we used to do is we used to travel around quite a bit to different churches around the country. So they'd go along, he'd he'd preach, you know, he'd say a bit about the work. And and one of the observations I had in every church I went to, and actually when I mentioned this to Zoe as well, she was like straight away, oh yeah, I remember this as well. So I hope you do as well. If you go on to the next slide, who remembers the church posters that look like this? (laughs) Do you remember them? You don't. <laughs> so they always had a cute animal picture. They always had a Bible verse. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10. Do you want to jump to the next one, John? There we go. We're missing a bit of that, but uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, verse 4. And the next one. Here you go. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many times. James 1, verse 2. Cute chickens. (laughs) I just remember that they stand in my mind. They're often faded. I mean, mainly this was, I think, Baptist, Brethren Church. They're always faded. They were a bit tatty, but they're always there. And and they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, really. I mean, the verse of the Bible. They're a little bit out of context sometimes. But I always remember it was a message of joy connected to these cute animals. Then there's another thing I remember as well when I was growing up, and I might need a bit of help here. I'm going to go out on one. So join in for the main bit. But who remembers this? I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I mean, I remember, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking them. I mean, there's Bible truth in there. There's, there's good stuff. It's a catchy. You, you remember even now, however many years later, I remember it. But there's one thing about it. There's always this impression to me that I got from these is that joy is something you do. It's something, it's an emotion. You know, somehow it's connected to these, um, you know, cute animal pictures. Somehow it's just, it just makes you happy. And there's something that's actually, I think, a bit damaging in that, that we think... You know, somehow that joy kind of is connected to that, just that emotion of joy of being happy. You know, that doesn't sit well with me, really. Because when you get things like, you know, uh, when it says in the Bible, be joyful all the time, none of us are joyful all the time. You know, none of us are happy in every situation. You know, we have trials, we have challenges, just the same. So what's the Bible saying? Is it really saying that we should just smile and be happy and think of cute, fluffy animal pictures here? Yeah, we also, I mean, it's great that society is getting so much more aware now of mental health issues. You know, we, we have depression around. We have these challenges. What does it mean for someone who's got depression? You know, just cheer up. That, that's the worst thing, thing that we can possibly, uh, possibly say, we're, we're told now. I don't know if they, can, 
I think there's a bit of problem with the slides. Is there, do you want to get the next slide up if you can? Here we go. Oh, they fit the screen now. Excellent. Good work. So this is, then we come to what the world says about joy. Because, you know, joy is a biblical word, but it's a, it's a word we use in, in, you know, in the society as well. If you search joy in Google, you get a shop trying to sell you something, you get some kind of definition, and you get a film about mops. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at the definition, it's delight, it's pleasure, it's triumph, it's satisfaction, it's happiness. You know, there's clearly something missing here when the Bible says the joy of, you know, we have, should have joy everywhere. It's not matching the world. There's a biblical joy. There's a fullness of joy that the Bible speaks about, and that's very different to what we, what we get from. So, where do we go from here? First of all, next slide, what joy isn't. I mean, joy isn't happiness. You know, it's not a feeling. It's not something, you know, that we, we need to do all the time. Be, be joyful. Put a smile on your face. You know, when Paul talks about rejoicing always, he's not talking about just forced smiles and, you know, forgetting all of our troubles in the world. Because actually, in, in 2 Corinthians 6, you know, he even describes himself as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. You know, you, you can't be... It's okay to be sorrowful. It's okay, you, know, you look at then also at Jesus' example. You know, Jesus, the ultimate expression of what it is to be, to, to be God. Um, he is not always smiling all the time. He's angry at times. You know, he cries at times. In, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's despairing. He's, you know, he's really crying out to God. He's sweating, sweating blood there. You know, God's answer to tough times and the, you know, the joy of the Lord being our strength is not just chinning up or putting a brave face on it or putting a smile on top of it all. God's answer is something very, very different. And actually, and I think that's something that we don't, we don't, we don't highlight enough in the church, probably. We, we, we maybe make this, these wrong connections so often. You know, how's it going to help us when we have a, you know, if the joy of the Lord is our strength, how will it help us when we get a diagnosis of cancer and, we're just, and we just think, we just smile through this? We just, you know, put on, put on a brave face. You know, what if we had a miscarriage? What if we're facing death from our, from our faith? You know, it's just so shallow to just be smiling, to, to think that joy is just happiness in these situations. And it just doesn't work. You know, God's not calling us to be fake. You know, we, we need to grieve. <laughs> you know, it's part of being a person, is to, be, is to being true to these emotions. You know, just like Jesus did, again, you know, Lazarus, he, he, he grieved in those situations, in Gethsemane and the cross. You also look at the Beatitudes as well. You know, blessed are all those who mourn. You know, the, the people who mourn, they're blessed. And blessed kind of means happy or, you know, kind of blessed by God. But even in those situations, even when we're, when we're mourning, you know, we, we can still have joy, but we don't necessarily have happiness. Now, before I go on, joy can sometimes look like happiness. And maybe that's confusing for us sometimes, maybe. But, but you know, it's, we're not saying here, don't be happy. You know, don't, don't try and be happy. And sometimes if we're being joyful, happiness will burst out of us. But joy itself is not happiness. So, what is joy? There we go. <laughs> so, I'll get to the end, last line first. Joy is God's presence in us. Right? Now, I, I was reading into some of these Bible passages. I've got, them, I've got a few of them here. What is joy? And you kind of get a new, 
a, a new view sometimes. So there's some great truths in the Bible. You read through and you don't get the full truth out of them. I started with that joy to the world, the Lord is here. Yeah, we sing that as a carol every year, but how deep and how true that is. You know, we just sing joy to the world, everyone, everyone be happy, you know, but it's not that joy to the world, the Lord has come. Looking into joy came into the world at Christmas time, the Bible says. Now, so th- these are the actual words. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. You know, the, the good news was not that will make people a bit happy. The good news was that great joy was coming into the world for all people. Then you look again at Easter story. Yeah, joy left the world. Jesus' words are that joy left the, yeah, kind of leaves the world when he died and returned when he came again. Yeah, if you look at these verses in John, John 16, 22, the Bible says, you know, the words of Jesus, well, this is where he's talking to his disciples. He's preparing them for his death. He, he knows what's going to happen. that They don't know yet. He's, he's preparing them for what's going to happen. And he says, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take that joy from you. They'll have sorrow. You know, the joy was going away out of the world. Joy was coming back again. And actually, I hadn't noticed it, but the, the words that Mark shared earlier when he was reading about the, uh, the, the people at the tomb, what did they run away with? They, they, they were filled with joy the moment that they realized that Jesus was risen. You know, again, they weren't suddenly very happy. They probably were a bit happy, but there's more to that. There's biblical joy here coming into them. Another famous verse about joy, Psalm 50. Yeah, for his anger is for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, again, this is looking forward to Christ, looking forward to, to the death of Jesus. His anger is for a moment. The cross happened. Jesus died. He took the penalty for our sins. God's anger came out on Jesus instead of us. But in the morning... Joy comes. There's weeping in the night, but joy comes in the morning. As Jesus rises again, that joy comes straight back in, in, into the world. Then we've got other verses as well. So joy comes to us through salvation. So let's, um, let's, yeah, let's read this, 1 Peter 1.8. I mean, there's many verses here. I've just picked some of the, some of the good ones, <laughs> best ones. So though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now... You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result in your, of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, what happens when we're saved? Christ comes into us. You know, we accept Jesus into our lives. We accept God's way, God's presence into our lives. And, and what's it saying here? The minute we believe in him, we are filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy. We are filled with God. God's presence in us. Now, when we, we, we've been doing the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit you know, for, for a while. If you look at all of those fruits of the Spirit, they're not emotions, they're not things. They are characteristics of God. You know, Mark was mentioning last week, God is peace, you know, God is love, God is kindness, God is joy. When we have these fruits of the Spirit in us, we're not showing the world that I'm happy. We're not showing the world that I'm peaceful. We're not, what we have is we have the fruits of God, uh, the, the presence of God, the character of God bursting through us and coming out of us and spilling out of us into the church and into the world around us. 
You know, the joy of God is in us. It will, it will overflow from us to others. You know, the peace of God is in us. We will have that presence of God, that, that, that confidence of God you know, through, through his peace, that, that kindness, that self-control. All these aspects of God will, will flow through us. You know, and, and that's throughout the, um, throughout the Bible. You know, for now, we're, we're, <laughs> we're like, we have the Spirit in us now, don't we? The minute we're saved, we get God's presence actually you know, right in us as the Spirit. In the Old Testament, they looked forward to him. You know, the believers at the time, they had joy with them. They had Jesus with them. They, they had that with them. But we, we have God's Spirit, so we have those, spirit, those fruits in us coming out. In this, yeah. So now we're going to jump into a bit of the Bible. We're going to go into what does joy does for us in a minute. But first, we're going to go into Nehemiah 8, 1 to 18, which is, I've been reading it a few times. It's, it's an amazing passage here. So a bit of context first. We've got the, um, the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel. They've kind of been through, you know, they've, they've formed a nation. They've had their judges. They've had their kings. It's kind of gone downhill. They've then been taken away to exile for, I can't remember, 70-odd years or so. Taken away to foreign land, to Babylon, right away from Jerusalem, right away from the temple. The whole temple was destroyed. The, the presence, you could say, the, they were as far away from the presence of God as they've been. Now, then they come back, you know, through, through uh, God's grace. He raises up Nehemiah, Ezra, some of the leaders. They bring the people, the remnant they're called, the, uh, the, the few people left. They, they come back and they start rebuilding Jerusalem. And while they come back, they don't just rebuild the city, but they rebuild their faith. They reconnect with God. And this, this passage is set right in there. They, they've come back, they've returned, they're rebuilding, and they find God's word again. And this is the story of when they, when, when they start uh, rebuild, you know, where they start reading out God's word again. So, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all those who were able to understand. So probably the kids in there as well, if they could understand. Uh, He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the teacher of the law stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right st- stood uh, Mattatiah, Shermer, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Masaiah. And on his left were Pereiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashram, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I love the fact that the Mishael's name's in there. If you remember the, uh, the fiery furnace, Mishael is one of them. I don't know if it's the same one, but I love to think that he came back and he's taken... Was it Shadrach, Meshach? Oh, that's Meshach, isn't it? Forget that. <laughs> anyway, Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord. The great God. Maybe I should say, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. 
Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatai, Hudiah, Masaiah, Kelaita, Azariah, Josabed, Haman, and Pelaliah instructed the people of the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy food and sweet drinks, and send them to those who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of the family, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention to the words of the law. They they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites should live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh seventh month. And that, they, and that they should proclaim the word and spread it throughout the towns in Jerusalem. Go out in the hill countries and bring back branches from olive and, from, and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms and shade trees and make temporary shelters, as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs, in the courtyards, in the courts of the house of God and in the square by the water gate and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company had returned, from ex- that had returned from exile, built temporary shelters, and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law. They celebrated the festival for seven days, And on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. So, (laughs) I mean, reading through that, it's a lot like modern church, isn't it? I mean, this is really one of the golden moments in the history of of, of the Israelite nation, I think. You know, they've come come through, they've had some, probably some golden moments with David, you know, going back with Joshua. Interesting, it says that they haven't celebrated like this since Joshua. So even in all the times of the kingdom and of Solomon and of David... Apparently, it wasn't, it wasn't like this. You, know, you read through this, and it's actually, it's, it, it seems quite like modern church or even like Soul Survivor or something like that. You know, they're, they're there in July. <laughs> if you know, the seventh, I don't know if it was July then. But the seventh month, they were making tents for themselves. They were living in community together. They were reading and Bible reading and exposition every day. You know, um, and I love the fact that they've read from the book of the law and making it clear is in there as well. You know, there, there, there was exposition, there was teaching, there was understanding. They were suddenly going back to the, the way God had intended it for their nation. There was worship in there as well. I mean, I don't know, there, there was just that ver- verse in there that Ezra praised the name of the Lord, the great God, and the people lifted their hands and responded. 
They bowed down and worshipped with faces to the ground. You know, this is what we do, isn't it? Uh, Apart from standing up for the whole morning. But yeah, they were raising their hands. They were celebrating. They were bowing down. They were worshipping. I mean, this is a model of what I think, and I think actually the, the leaders for Soul Survivor and New Day and everything, this is probably a model that they, they take in of, uh, of how, how to worship God. But crucially, they were back in God's presence again. They, 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 and that, that presence was through, for them at that time, it was a physical thing. They were back in Jerusalem, you know, God's, God's holy city at, that, at the time. They were, they, were back, yeah, they were back to hearing the word of God. They were back to worshiping God they were back to the relationship of living in the community as God had planned it. And this is where the joy comes in. Because when they heard God's word, when they worshipped, they suddenly came to conviction of their sins and of the things that they've done, the way that they couldn't live up to. You know, they'd have been reading through the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. You know, there's lots of rules in there. They would have read through all of those rules and realized how they haven't been making the sacrifices they've needed they haven't been living the way that God wanted them to. And their first response to that, when they're convicted of, how, of their sins and of what they're doing wrong, their first response is to weep. You know, it, it was straight away. They realize they're not good enough for God. They haven't done the things that God has sent, uh, needed them to do. And, yeah, they're, they're not going God's way. But, and that's where the really, that's where joy then comes in. Because Nehemiah said in that verse, verse 10 at the top, you know, don't weep, don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then you see, going on from there, that changes the tone. They were convicted of sin, but they know that God's personality isn't just a, a judgmental or a vengeful or a, a perfect and a holy God. God is also a joyful God. You know, God doesn't want us to be convicted of sin and flat on our face and getting it wrong each time. God wants us to be, he wants us to understand the importance of sin. He wants us to accept his forgiveness, but he wants us to be celebrating. He wants us to be joyful. Every time in the Bible where we get a glimpse into heaven, there's always celebration going on, I think. You know, you look at when the angels came at uh, Christmas time and the angel choirs came down. It was a massive celebration. You look in Revelation, in Daniel, where you get these glimpses and visions of what it's like in heaven. It's worship, it's celebration, it's joy. It's that aspect of God's life. God wants us to have his joy inside us. He wants that to flow out of us. So, there we go. Um, what What does joy do to us? You know, real joy, having God inside us. Joy gives us several things. You know, joy gives us strength in persecution. You know, the Israelites in that passage in um, Nehemiah 8 to 10, they'd come back from 70, 70 odd years away as, as, as kind of slaves, as, as, as exiles. You know, they, they, they were away, they were kind of, I don't know, refugees maybe, you know. <laughs> they, they, they were away, away from all they knew. They were away from God, away from their faith, lots of them. They were back in a ruined city. You know, the temple hadn't been rebuilt yet, I don't think. They, they, they were there to rebuild. You know, imagine going to a city that had been dormant. You know, no one really lived in it for 70 years. It, it would have been a wreck, a, a shell. It would have been overgrown. But the joy of the Lord, you know, th- their lives were a mess. And they recognized that. And they recognized that, um, that they hadn't lived the way God wanted them. But it was their strength. 
Knowing God's character, knowing God's joy gives us strength in there because we know that God doesn't want us to be on our face um, in shame. God wants us to be celebrating, living the joy, his joy. So, next one, God gives us peace. Joy gives us peace. So, here's another good joy, joy verse in the Bible. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. You know, this, I think that was on one of the uh, posters at the start. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You know, the presence of the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you look at that, there's a flow through there, isn't there? And often maybe that matches our quiet times. We rejoice in the Lord. We celebrate. We take joy. We pray. You know, the Lord is, we realize the Lord is near. We pray. We petition. We, we give thanks to God. We present our requests to him. And then, and the peace of God, which will come into us. Now, Mark, look last week for peace. But peace, you know, the, the peace of God will come into us. And it kind of it starts from joy often. It starts in our minds with rejoicing, with praying, and the peace of God comes in. And what does peace do? I mean, it, it guards our hearts. Uh, that, that's what it says here. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace gives us a long-term perspective of Christ. We, we have ups and downs in our life. You know, we lose jobs. We have all sorts of problems. That peace of God, knowing that God is in us, knowing that God is in command over the long term, that's our weapon against that. That's our strength against it. Joy gives us hope. So first of all, when we say hope, we, mean, uh, we don't mean just hope as in make a wish. We mean hope as in the biblical hope. You know, again, we've got biblical joy, we've got biblical hope, which is um, the certain knowledge of the future. You know, when we say we hope in resurrection, we hope in an eternal life, we're not just wishing for it. We believe it and we know it's to be true. That's what we mean by hope. And joy gives us that. Look at Romans fifteen thirteen. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We need God to fill. We want God to fill us with that joy. We want to and peace. We want we want that in us. We want that perspective of God, that stable, long term stable, not down the middle, stable up there. God is <laughs> stable stable fullness of God in our life so that we can abound in hope. We know what's coming in the future. And then joy sets us apart as well. You know, we, we talk about salt and light, which we mean we're different from the world. You know, we have something that the world doesn't have. We have hope. We have peace. We have joy. We have all of these as- characteristics and aspects of God in us. You know, the verse here, this is just... Um, Acts 16.25, just an example of it. About, this is when Paul and Silas were in, in jail. They'd been thrown into prison for their faith. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So they were different. They were in jail, but they weren't just grumbling about the jailer or claiming that they were in there for the wrong reason. 
Yeah, they, they were celebrating. They had the joy because they knew that God was in them. They knew they had a bigger perspective than their tr- current trials. Their perspective was God, who is always the same and is always, uh, <laughs> yeah, always that fullness of, of that amazing fullness of God. So, I mean, this now, the questions at the start, when we're talking about joy, you know, the vision of joy being happiness, we had these questions, you know, how does, a, how do we, how does that work with a diagnosis of cancer? You know, it, absolutely, it's not just be happy. Put a smile on your face. A diagnosis of cancer, how does joy help us? Joy gives us peace. Joy lets us know that God is a healing God. We also know that God has a long-term plan for us. Death is not the end. You know, when we, the example of a miscarriage, you know, it, it's devastating. We don't want to be pretending we're happy in that. We want to be in, grieving in that. We want to be understanding that God is there in that. But we, what do we know about God? You know, we know that God knows that baby from the very moment that it was knit together in the womb. And that's in Psalm 139. We know that God loves children. You know, Jesus' priority was the children when they came. You know, when we're facing death, like maybe like Paul and Silas were, if we're facing death for our faith, if we're persecuted, if we're in prison, if we're, I don't know, in, in Afghanistan at the moment, under that threat, if we're a believer there, how does joy help us? We know that death is not the end. You know, we have this hope in the future, this certain knowledge that we are saved, that we will be with Christ one day in, in, in heaven. That's what gives us, <laughs> this is what joy does to us. Joy fills us with that Christ perspective and gives us the strength and the um, certainty through everything else well, that we do. So, next one, how do we get Get joy. Joy is not a feeling. Don't pretend to be happy. You know, joy is God's presence in us. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to say is, first of all, if we don't have that joy, if we don't have Jesus in us, we need Jesus in us. You know, I, I don't know. There's many faces here. Some of them I, I know, I've known for many years. Some of you are visitors. Some of you, I don't know. You may be searching if you want the joy, if you want that different thing that we have, that perspective, that hope, that, um, you know, that, 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 that joy, that peace in, in trials, you need to accept God in, into your life. You know, Jesus says that he will save us if we call out to him. He says that you know, if we call, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what Christians have. They have that salvation. They have God in them. If you're curious as to what it feels like, you know, come and come and give it a go. Come and speak to speak, speak to Ashley or Mark or myself afterwards, or someone you know who's a, who's a believer. Come and accept Christ into your life, and feel feel the difference. Feel what it means to have joy within you, to have peace within you, to have hope within you. Yeah, but so that's if you haven't accepted Christ. Do if you want this, if you want this joy, do. What about us who've already accepted Christ, though? You know, let's say we've been a Christian for many years. We've known Christ in us. We've known that joy. It's not the end for us there, because just having Christ in our life is, is amazing and is all we need for salvation. But there's so much more in it for each of us. 
We don't just stop at that moment where we accept him in. We push on for say, you know, what, what, what's left? What's next, God? You know, we grow in that relationship. You know, faith is actually an option of a relationship. It's not everything at once. We don't get everything at, at once. We need to go into that depth, into that deepness with Christ through our quiet times, through our relationship with God, through being open, listening to him, hearing his voice. So, I mean, if we are a Christian, well, you know, firstly, there, there's something there for also for, you know, if we're living away from God, you know, if we're not in relationship with him, maybe we've accepted faith, but maybe we're living away from him. Maybe there's some sin that we can't shift in our life, something that's getting in the way. Uh, you know, we all sin. But you, you'll know if that's you, if there's that sin that's driving you, that's your kind of becoming your first love and that's getting in the way. You know, I, I won't focus on that much there. That's maybe for another time. But that can limit our closeness to God. It can limit our relationship with him. But actually, the biggest thing that I think that has come out of this today is I had this word bitterness um, when I was preparing this. Now, it's a word you hear quite a lot in the Bible. What, what does it mean? I mean, the, the, worst, the person that, I came, that came to my mind when I was doing this is, uh, is Naomi in the Bible. This is the story of Ruth. I, I won't read, read the whole book at home. It'll probably take, I don't know, half an hour. Get, get a cup of tea and read it. So, so Naomi was the mother of Ruth, well, the mother-in-law. She, she, she and her husband moved away to a foreign land, moved away from, from Israel, settled somewhere else. Bad times then happened. You know, she, she had sons who married. She then, you know, bad things happened. The, 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 the sons both died, the husband died. And her response, she, she was yeah, living in this foreign country. Her response was not the joy. It was not living in, um, you know, knowing that God's, God's, you know, wasn't trusting in God. Her response was to be bitter. And even to the extent, the name Naomi means uh, pleasant. That was her name. She was pleasant. She actually asked everyone to call her Mara, which means bitter. She was so bitter and so away from God at that time. Uh, you know, she, I, think there, I think there was, there, there's no... There, there's no suggestion that she stopped believing in God, but I think her, she was so far away from God that she lost that closeness, that joy of God, and she was left with this bitterness. It goes through the story. She goes back to Israel with Ruth at this time. She goes back into the customs, into the worship, into the, uh, you know, the, the nearness to Jerusalem, into the, the, kind of the faith as it was in those days. Yeah, and of course, yeah, read the story. God changes her life around. And actually, to the extent that she ends up holding a baby, you know, a bundle of joy, she, she, she goes from being pleasant to being bitter to being this doting grandma at the end. You know, but this is, this is for us as well, though. You know, in society today, society prizes joylessness. Maybe I should change that. UK society prizes joyfulness. You go to Africa, um, <laughs> and joy is there and is very evident there. You know, the dancing, the songs, everything. You look at our society, go on a bus journey or a tube journey, I guarantee no one over the age of 10 will be showing joy. <laughs> you'll have the, ten, you'll have the, the four-year-old Simi staring out the window with wide-opened eyes and you know, joyful to press the bell. We get to that point in our lives, a teenage, and society changes us into this mold where we now have to put our hoodie on, we have to look down, we have to communicate through grunts. 
And that lasts with us, lasts with us through into our adult life as well. I mean, look at the uh, role models we have in, in the media and in, in the world today. You know, the superheroes, the Marvel superheroes, how many of them are joyful? Yeah, they're angry, they're strong, they do cool stuff. Sometimes they're sarcastic or, or funny, but they're not joyful. You know, you look, maybe they're old examples now, but people like Jeremy Clarkson, people like Victor Meldrew, you know. We have this English thing that we cling on to that we should be... Not, it's not cool to be joyful. You know, to, and, and then you maybe get some... I don't know, there, there, there's some examples of some you know, ditzy people who are kind of get, have that joy. But they are, you know, they're, they're almost, a, almost a joke to be, to be joyful. That's not us. Now, we shouldn't be try and become African. We're not African, we're English. You know, there's a great joy there. If, if you're African, dance like an African does. <laughs> Fine. If you're English, don't be ashamed to do the two-step. <laughs> you know, if that's our way of expressing joy, then do it. And don't let the society and the world tell you you shouldn't be doing the joy two-step because it's not cool. If that's your way in the English way of expressing joy. And I think that as Christians... We do get influenced by the world. We do get influenced by that joylessness and that bitterness that can come in, can take over, and can stop us from experiencing the fullness of joy that God works, that God needs. And I think, yeah, I think there's some need for, for prayer. So I think probably the, the prayer team afterwards. Hopefully, if this is you, if, you're, if you've lost your joy or if you're losing your joy or if you want more of God's joy, if you're fitting into the world's mold of missing joy, you know, come and get prayed, prayed for. Come and live that relationship with God, with that depth. Invite God in. Spend time with God. Talk to God. Listen to God. And at work, at school, you know, on the bus, you know, don't be the joyless one. Don't think that that's cool. Be the joyful one. Be the difference. Be the one who makes, um, yeah, who, is, who lives out the fruit of the Spirit, yeah, in, in, in all areas of your life. So, where do we go now? Do we pray now? <laughs> Lord, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for the way Steve has just shared so wonderfully. And Lord, he said to me, he said, I just want, God has said some things and I want them to come out. And Lord, they've come out. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for him. I want to thank you for him and Zoe. Lord, even some of us will be aware there was vulnerabilities being shared there, some real honesty being shared about things that they've had to process and go through. And I want to thank you for them as a family. I want to thank you, Lord, that you've kept them through some real challenges and you continue to keep them through uh, challenges. And Lord, I want to thank you for the, the joy that you've placed deep within them. And Lord, today, Lord, I just want to pray. Why don't you just stand? Why don't each of us stand? Just stand before the Lord. Maybe just hold out our hands if you'd like to. You don't have to. But for some of us, we just need to bring some things to the Lord. Just in these last few moments. There are things that we know that we have in our lives that would rob us of our joy. The key, key thing that Steve kept saying and keep, kept reminding us of is about perspective what do we look at what do we look at even those dear people there in Nehemiah they were looking at their sin they were looking at their failure 
And yet Ezra and all of those great names that were read out, they were saying, look again to the Lord God. Look again to your God. Look, look again to the one who provides Jehovah Shalom, peace. Jehovah Jireh, provider. All these things that would have come out of the word of the Lord. Where's your perspective? That's what Steve's been saying. The Spirit's been saying to us. Lord, I pray, help us today and in this week and the weeks to come. Lord, where there needs to be a shift in our perspective, that we might fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who brought that message of joy, message of peace, message of grace. Lord, I pray today, if there's anyone who's being robbed of their joy, may they come to the, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings healing, the one who pours out grace. Just bring, just bring those challenges before him, bring those issues before him. And Lord, I just want to say, in the spirit, let, let joy bubble up. Let it rise up deep within, even in the circumstance of life and the circumstance of challenge and situation. Let that awareness that I am God's, he is mine, I'm the Lord's, Lord God, that that perspective would shift and change. Yes, Father, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and may you see his smile. May you see his grace and may that bring about a joy, a deep inner joy in your life. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. If you would like someone to pray for you, there will be people here who are available to pray for you. I know Steve would love to do that. I and others. Um, There is going to be tea and coffee next door and refreshments. So please do enjoy that and enjoy the sunshine outside as well. That would be great. And we'll, don't forget, Wednesday evening, I'll be sending out the email of the links uh, for the Regions Beyond Prayer Times. And Wednesday evening, 7.30, we'll be here for our first evening together.